Welcome to a special edition of Stuck in Misery. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined by James West, recording this as the first round of the NBA draft is underway. And James, appreciate you hopping on here tonight. We've got a lot of mixed feelings about tonight's draft, but I'll start here. This has been the weirdest NBA draft that I can remember, and we certainly knew going in it was going to be a weaker draft, but just with the virtual format, it's been so weird, and I'm going to go on record. I wish the NBA on TNT guys were hosting this instead of ESPN. It's just been a weird night. We were talking about that, and, uh, and I, I was shooting you texts just kind of saying how boring it was. There's no music. There's no hype. There's no pageantry. The it's just it just seems like awkward silence followed by commentary followed by more awkward silence followed by commentary followed by the draft jingle and then you see who popped up and then these guys kind of like sit there in silence as they show a video it's very it was very awkward what was your impression i tell you what i would have loved to see chuck and Shaq going back and forth like they always do on that broadcast I think it's the best pregame show in all of sports. So not just the NBA, but NFL, MLB, what have you. I really wish they could have hosted it too. But it's just like one of the things I really look forward to every year is the Knicks fans who always boo the commissioner. And I used to love watching the draft back in the day where David Stern would take the stage and towards the end of Stern's tenure as NBA commissioner, RIP, and he would – encourage people to boo him while he was on stage. I remember one year he cupped his ear and he was quoted as saying is the boo is the American sign for respect and everything. I certainly miss all that. So it's like, couldn't we have gotten some Knicks fans on a zoom call or maybe even flown some Jets fans in just because this draft it's lacking some sizzle, James. Yeah. And I mean, I think, do you think that part of that could be, that fans and really, I mean, you could say more avid NBA fans, even light NBA fans, people who aren't even NBA fans, they don't know the names going into the season because there was no March Madness. There's no storyline. There's no hype. You know, a lot of these guys, they'll flip over and they'll show a highlight reel. I mean, we're hardly even getting any highlight reels when you watch this broadcast. And a lot of times they go through and they talk about, oh, so-and-so led their team and they upset this team and this team and this team. And then, you know, they talk about the final four appearance or, you know, and like the draft, the tournament sometimes makes some of these players like rock it up in the draft and, and you really don't have that. And so my question to you is, you know, you mentioned that this was overall a weaker draft. Can you tell me why? And then can you tell me how not having a NBA combine and not having March Madness and really having a lot of question marks around these guys in an already weak draft class will kind of impact this class in the NBA? Are we going to see a lot more busts? Are we going to see late round guys boom? What do you think people will see? Okay, so the second part of that question, I think you will find some talent in the mid to later rounds of this draft. Not a lot of talent at the top. And I'll put this as simply as possible for you, James. You texted this to me and you said, compared to a year ago where we were at, everyone knew Zion Williamson was going to be the guy at number one overall. And everyone knew Job Morant was going to go number two. In this year's draft with Anthony Edwards, James, you even texted me, you say, 
who is this guy? Your average fan doesn't know who Anthony Edwards is. And that's not to say he couldn't develop into a good player, but this is the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And this is coming from us as Mizzou fans who, who are in the SEC East, right? We, we, we played Georgia, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I kind of remember that guy. Not just that, but you're talking about a guard, Mark, who's his comp. This guy shoots eight threes a game and shoots less than 30%. He's your number one overall pick. It's like, what is going on here? I tell you what, James, uh, we'll move to my bulls because that's really what I wanted to talk about tonight in their selection of Patrick Williams. I said going in, I wanted the bulls, didn't want them to do two things. Number one, I did not want them to draft LaMelo Ball with the fourth overall pick. He went number three to Charlotte. And then number two, I did not want them to trade the fourth overall pick and Wendell Carter for the second overall pick to the Golden State Warriors. But somehow I still feel even more let down with the selection of Patrick Williams out of Florida State. I do like that he's a freshman, so he could develop into a better player. But it reminds me of when Marvin Williams back in the day, this was in the 2005 draft, Marvin Williams out of North Carolina was not a starter in college and neither was Patrick Williams out of Florida State. So it's like, if you can't start for your college team, how could you be that good in the NBA? And Patrick Williams did not start at Florida State. But I remember when Marvin Williams was coming out of North Carolina, it was, oh, well, don't worry about it. He's got the whole skill set, the whole package. He's good enough to be the number two overall pick back in the day. And he's been a serviceable pro. He's been average to above average. I mean, he's had a long career, but he never developed into that all-star, that potential all-NBA player that you would expect with a top five overall pick. And that's just my sentiment with this, James, is you're drafting a guy who, if he wasn't even good enough to start on his college team, how can you realistically expect him to succeed in the league? And that's just my gut impression. And look, I hate ragging on a guy and maybe he'll develop into something. Maybe Billy Donovan and the Bulls new brass that they have in place there with their front office saw something in this guy. But when the first highlight package of him is of his family's flower business, I'm just like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about what this guy does off the court or are we talking about a basketball player? And it's my first impression. A lot can change and see how it develops over the years. But It's crazy to me, James, where I wanted those two things not to happen, either ball or to trade the picks to move up to Golden State. And yet somehow I feel even more disappointed than I thought that I would going into the night. And to kind of transition there to Golden State, right? When I look at, I don't know, these top five picks, barring Clay doesn't have like a serious lower leg injury, because that was, that's been the news of today is that he has a, a lower leg injury and to tell the listeners, but back when we were in school, Derek Rose tore his ACL. And at the time I was studying physical therapy and I was like, you know what? Like the odds of him tearing the other one is actually like really high. And what does he go and do? I think in like what, within the first two games or something like that, he goes and he, and he tears his, his right one. And I know in that moment, I gained a lot of sports cred with you because I called an ACL tear. Yeah, it was his meniscus, but then he did have a, a subsequent ACL tear even after that, but it was in that opposite knee. You were, you were spot on to where you strengthen and rehabilitate the other one so much so to where you create a strength imbalance or your knee's just not used to... Sometimes you, do, you are able to further strengthen it, and that's 
Hopefully that's not what happened with Clay. I thought it was interesting though, James, with the selection of Weissman, who's a big man, if the Warriors would instead maybe go guard instead with the number two overall pick instead, but they get Weissman, who in my opinion is the best player in this draft. Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say before I got a little off track was, was when I look at these teams and, you know, barring Clay isn't out again for the season, like this pick to me is like, is the only pick I would say in the top five where I can be like, okay, like, yeah, this guy's seven foot, like potentially a unicorn. Like this guy is going to make that team better. Like they, like they have these that, you know, they have the splash bros and now they have a big seven footer under, under there. Who's going to, who's going to help grab boards. It was kind of like a pick that, that made sense. I don't know. Were there any others to you where you look at it so far and and you go, yeah, like this guy's going to have an immediate impact on this team. You know, I don't think that Minnesota, number one, quite knew what they wanted to do. And their two assets are Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. At the end of the day, if they don't start winning, will Carl Anthony Towns try to leave town and switch teams and maybe pair up with another superstar? So those are your two assets in Minnesota. At the same time, I don't even know if those guys are pieces on a team that can seriously contend. D'Angelo Russell hasn't quite been the guy really since he left Brooklyn. He hasn't, he hasn't performed that well. And in Brooklyn, he's playing in the East. The Western Conference is a lot more formidable. I'll say this, LaMelo, LaMelo number three to Charlotte does give them some sizzle, some star power, which they desperately need at the same time. I was texting you and Sam this, as good as a player Michael Jordan was back in the day, he has not been great as an executive. And so I'll tell you what, I'm happy that it's not just with LaMelo as a player, it's also dealing with his father, LaVar Ball, that you have to kind of deal with if you're a franchise from that standpoint, in the sense that this is a guy who talks a lot of smack. It's a guy who's been blacklisted at ESPN and everything, but yeah, James, you're right. Other than Wiseman, I mean, we knew this was going to be a weird draft because there wasn't a consensus number one overall pick. But I, I still feel like Wiseman is – he's got the highest ceiling, in my opinion, is like the safest bet to actually develop into a guy who could potentially be an all-star in this draft. That's just my opinion. Just a few other things I want to get to. Obi Toppin going to the Knicks. I know you and Sam have been high on him. 22 years old, only played two years over at Dayton. In the modern NBA, I don't quite know where he fits, but the comp I would make with him would be an Amari Stoudemire-type player. So I know the Knicks fans are probably going to be pretty happy with that selection. But at 6'8", it's like 6'8", 6'9"-ish. Is he a power forward? Your traditional bruiser power forward from back in the day doesn't really have a role in the modern NBA where it's threes, dunks, and layups is what you prioritize. So I do think it was a good pick by the Knicks, though. And I would have loved to see the live reaction from the Knicks fans. That's something for when the 2021 draft happens. I can't wait to get the fans in person again. Well, I just – our group chat's going off during during the draft. And uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, a a famous Knicks fan, said about Obi Toppin, I really, it's like, I like Toppin a lot. I really do. He's from New York. He's going to rep the city. I have no doubt. But the Knicks, he's a guard. I'll say this with Stephen A. Where's your confidence a year ago in drafting RJ Barrett out of Duke? Do you not have any faith with him to develop as a player? 
And that's one thing with the rumors. The, the, the that Knicks love drafting the like, like, like small power and small to power forwards. They just, they just draft the same position. They throw five guys playing the same position out in the court. And they're like, oh, I still what? don't understand why, why we couldn't have bad? virtual Knicks fans. Why we couldn't have virtual Knicks fans for this draft would have made this broadcast tenfold better. Because no one wants to admit to being a Knicks fan. <laughs> Oh, James. So the lottery's starting to wrap up here. Any final thoughts? I just wanted to hop on and we'll post this for Thursday morning is the Stuck in Misery fans are waking up, get our live draft reaction. Any final thoughts before we sign off here? Hopefully as the season progresses and some of these young guys kind of get back in the swing of basketball, what we'll hopefully see is some late round guys have a lot of success. Because I think really the storyline has been a lackluster top of the draft. And if you're a basketball fan, I think, I think this is maybe one of those drafts where you might be a little bit better off having like a mid-round pick instead of using your odds to get the top one on a player who, who's really not going to become a superstar. And, and, that's, and that's what I think sucks for the Timberwolves and Timberwolf fans is that, you know, it's so hard to come across the number one pick in the lottery. And when you do get it and you have a draft class like this where you, you, know, you don't have a clear number one, man, like that just kind of kills you on the inside, you know? Especially coming off a year ago when I think that the 2019 class I, is going to be one we look back on and say, yeah. how special of a draft class yeah. was that with both Zion and Ja? Yeah, I think the first three picks in last year's class would have gone number one overall this year. Easily, easily. I think that's where we should wrap up, James, and we'll see how the rest of this unfolds. The only thing I would say is I am surprised that there have not been more trades to this point. I thought that, especially with the uncertainty with Minnesota number one overall, and maybe stories will come out about that in the coming days of what options were available. They decide to go with Anthony Edwards. I'm just surprised there haven't been more trades. There hasn't been more movement for some of those top overall spots. That's one thing that I was really surprised about. And, you know, one reason for that could be is, is, you know, like we mentioned at the top of the show, no March Madness tournament, no NBA combine. So maybe organizations aren't willing to invest that trade capital to go up and take a guy because they really don't know what they're getting. For James West, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to Stuck in Misery. Enjoy the rest of the NBA draft or appreciate you guys listening for whenever you decide to tune in for this, but take care. So long, everyone, and we will see you next time.